with Joe feeling stunned after reading a letter from his wife, Anna, saying she wanted a separation. That was a few days ago, and he's just starting to come round. Oh, I'd try and cheer him up each morning when he came down for breakfast. Of course, it wasn't easy. But this morning, I felt something special. <laughs> Good morning, Joe. Is it? Uh, I'll pull back the curtains and have a look. Well, the sky's a bit overcast, but I can't honestly see any dark clouds, so we could get sunny periods later on. Right. That saves me turning on the weather forecast. Oh, you don't want to listen to that anyway. You know, I watched it the other night, and the weatherman said there was going to be three degrees in Glasgow, but he didn't say whether there were the real three degrees or a tribute act. <laughs> Jerry, your jokes are going to be wasted on me today. I couldn't sleep a wink last night. Kept thinking about Anna, our favourite song. Kept going through my head. Which one was that? Lady in Red. Was she wearing a red dress the night you met? White. She's wearing a white dress. But I spilled red wine over it. We laughed about it ever since. Now the laughter's over every time I, I hear the word red, I, I crack up. Well, we better not watch the World Snooker Championships tonight on the telly. How do you mean? Well, the red snooker balls. <laughs> do you have to make a joke about everything? I'm sorry, Joe. I just wanted to cheer you up. Here, have a tissue. This tissue's been used. Well, it says on the box, two blows a tissue. <laughs> no, that's another joke. Look, is there any way I can help? Maybe I could mediate between you two. Uh, thanks, Jerry, but it, it, it'll be all right. Uh, isn't there any chance of a reconciliation? Well, I, I got up in the middle of the night and I wrote her a letter to see if we could meet, you know, maybe discuss things, you know. Oh, uh, that's a good start. Listen, I'll put the catalog. on. Oh, and I almost forgot. I've got something to help cheer you up. Joe, remember we were talking recently about our first television appearance on uh, what was that talent show we were on? It was called... Um, uh, Your big break. Ah, that's it. Would you believe I'd managed to dig it out? Joe, you'll holler at this. I've actually got her. <laughs> yeah, and I was wearing those dreadful platform shoes. Here we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, two young men from the Emerald Isle making their first appearance on television. Joe Fiffin and Jerry Faffin, better known as Fiffin and Faffin. <laughs> 
Well, Jerry, what do you think of this? <laughs> Two guys in the back streets of Belfast, and here we are on national television. Yeah, it's a shame my mummy can't see this. Why not? She doesn't have a television. <laughs> Doesn't she have a neighbour who has a telly? Well, the whole family used to go round and watch our next door neighbour's television. And then he stopped it. Why? He got upset because Dad drilled a hole in the wall to save us walking round. <laughs> well, I can see his point. Listen, your dad seems a bit of a character. Oh, he was. You know, uh, Joe, I came home from school one day and I said, Dad, I'm no good at arithmetic. He said, don't worry, son, that makes three of us. <laughs> you know, it took me a while to figure that one out. I'm not surprised. Another day, I said, Dad, do all fairy tales start with once upon a time? He said, no, son, sometimes they start with whenever I'm elected. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a man after my own heart. Did he ever help you with your homework? Yes, I can remember once I was struggling with my English essay and I said, Dad, I'm not sure which is the best word to use in this sentence. Is it complete or is it finished? And he said, it's like this, son. When you marry the right woman, you're complete. When you marry the wrong woman, you're finished. <laughs> but if the right woman catches you with the wrong woman, you're completely finished. <laughs> Why don't, Jerry, why don't we do a, a typical school day in the life of Jerry Faffin? That's a good idea. Okay, I'll play the teacher. And I'll play me. Faffin, you're late. You've been late every day this week. Do you know what time we start? No, sir. Why not? Because you're always started by the time I get here. <laughs> Didn't you set the alarm for seven? No, sir. Why not? Because I'm the only one in the bedroom. <laughs> and while we're on the subject, last Wednesday you said you were sick and somebody saw you at a football match. Sir, that fellow looked like me, but it wasn't me. How do you know he looked like you? Because I was at the match and I seen him. Okay, I'm going to test you now. We'll start with general knowledge, okay? Yeah. Now we'll do arithmetic. It's even better, okay? Yeah. Now listen, if you had £10 in one pocket and £5 in the other pocket, what would you have? Somebody else's trousers. <laughs> okay, I'll try geography. What shape is the world? I don't know. I'll give you a clue. What shape is my watch? Square. Yeah, yeah. But the one I wear on Sunday says round. So, what shape is the world? Square on weekdays and round on Sunday. <laughs> There's one thing for sure, Jerry. We may have been poor, but our parents taught us the most important things in life. That's right, Joe. They taught us to count our blessings. <laughs> When you're in the red, don't feel blue. You've got two feet if you haven't got a shoe. What good spell if you haven't got your well? To jump out of bed each day is brand new. Diddly dight, diddly dight, diddly dight, diddly diddly dight, diddly dight, diddly dight. If the turned down, things can get tough. There's not enough to go round of money and all that stuff. But start to count your blessings and you will quickly see 
The best things in life really are the best, and what's more, they're for free. When you're in the red, don't feel blue. You got two feet if you haven't got a shoe. What good's wealth if you haven't got your health? So jump out of bed each day, it's brand new. Diddly dight and dee dight and diddly dight and day, diddly dight and dee dight. Oh, when the bank boss starts ringing, brother, you can bet. Off your praises, he won't be singing. No, he'll be talking about your debt. So put him in the diary. Meet him face to face. Say you know a sick billionaire who's willing to take your place. When you're in the red, don't feel blue. You got two feet if you haven't got a shoe. What good's wealth if you haven't got your health? So jump out of bed each day's brand new. When you're in the red, don't feel blue. It was so good to see Joe enjoying that blast from the past. It certainly stirred up some happy memories for him and at the same time helped to take his mind off his maritable problems. When it was over, he had his cornflakes and his Rice Krispies, so he had two bowls that morning and said he was heading off to the post office to post a letter to Anna. I told him to ask John and Anne at the post office to take down the advert from the window thereby eliminating any evidence of our short-lived careers as garden party entertainers. Both Joe and I wanted to forget the whole experience as quickly as possible. However, the next phone call proved that would be easier said than done. <laughs> Well, 
about to go on when his next door neighbor decides to mow his lawn. So the booger chop, Ranch, I think he was called, well, he rushes into the house and comes up with a starting pistol. He runs towards the neighbor, waving his pistol in the air like a maniac. And to teach him a lesson, he fires the gun in the air. Well, the petrified neighbor dashes into the bushes and hides. I know, you couldn't ride it. That still doesn't explain how you and Joe have this chap pinned to the ground. Well, Joe and I did our act, and when we came back to sing happy birthday as per contract, next thing I know, the neighbor's son rushes in and belts rage. Joe and I hastily bumble him to the ground so that rage can get to safety, and your man's family come round and take him away. Did you get paid for the gig? Yeah, Reg's wife pushed it into my hand when things got quietened down. I didn't think it was something you'd want to get involved with. I mean, we weren't paying a fortune, but if you'd like a bit of commission... Oh, no way, Jose. You two have earned every penny of that. <laughs> you don't propose to make a career out of these things, are you? No chance. That was our first and last. From now on, we leave the guards to Alan Titmarsh. Good. <laughs> hey, come on. I'll tell them it was a family do that got out of hand. Nice move, Emily. Now listen, I've got a proper show for you. Do you know that this year's car park next to the swimming baths? You mean where the old Empress swimming baths used to be? That's the one. Well, they're holding a drive-in comedy show there in a fortnight on Friday. What on earth is a drive-in comedy show? Exactly what it says on the tin. They put up a stage, rig up a sound system and lighting, and people drive in and have a giggle in the comfort and safety of their own cars. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. Look, they've got drive-in movies, drive-in Starbucks, drive-in McDonald's. Why can't they have a drive-in comedy show? Yes, but comedy was not much better in a more intimate environment. Oh, just come out, say a few hellos, tell a few jokes and sing a song. Yes, but surely they'll be disappointed if we don't do comedy. Well, do some of the visual stuff. But what if they're too far back, they can't see us? They're offering two grand. What time do they want us there? That's better. I'll email you the details. There'll be a few acts on, so do you think Joel will be up for it then? Well, normally I can't talk him into these things, but... Well, all is not well on the domestic front. Joe's Anna wants a trial separation. No, it's not another man, is it? I mean, how could you meet another fellow during lockdown? Well, we're all supposed to be kept two metres apart. Maybe they shared a hand sanitizer together. Yeah. How's he taking it? Not very well. He was up half the night writing a letter to her. He's just headed off to the post office to post it. Okay, well, see what he says. Tell him it would be rather therapeutic to do a live show and hear all that laughter rather than sit and draw moping. I mean, you guys, you thrive on the live audience with the waves of the love and laughter coming across the footlights. Very poetical, Emily. I don't know why you didn't follow your dad onto the boards yourself. Mm, not me, John. I like the sweet sound of the bank vault door closing, especially when it's got my money inside. Let me know if Joe's up for it. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Stay safe. Bye. You feel better after that? Yeah, well, I posted a letter. And I said, let's talk. Give her my contact details. We'll see where we go from yeah, there. Yeah, fingers crossed, eh, Joe? Yeah. I asked the man in the post office to take down the advert from the window. He asked me how it all went. And what did you say? I said I went with a bang. <laughs> nice ad lib, Joe. Listen, uh, Emily's been on the phone and she was saddened to hear about you and uh, Anna. Yeah, that, well, that's, that's thoughtful of her, yeah. She said she's got a gig for us. Oh. 
You know that disused car park next to the old swimming baths, the Empress? Well, the, the old Empress swimming baths? That's the one. That's the one. Well, they're putting on a drive-in comedy show in two weeks' time. Jerry, we've just had a nightmare experience doing open-air shows. Yes, but that was in a guy's back garden. This will be a proper stage with sound and lighting. But at the end of the day, it's a car park. It'd be like working in a football stadium. Emily said we just have to engage with the crowd, wish a few people happy birthday, do a few gags and finish with a song. Yeah, but there, there could be so many distractions. Passing traffic, aeroplanes flying overhead, lawnmowers, punch-ups. They're offering two grand. What time do they want us there? <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth, Joe. Besides, it will give you something to focus on while you're waiting to hear back from Anna. Well, what, what sort of stuff would we do in the night? Well, they're all in cars. Hey! Why don't we do one of our car routines, like the, uh, the Rolls Canardly? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jerry, what type of car are you driving these days? It's a Rolls Canardly. A Rolls Canardly? Yeah, it rolls down the hill and can hardly get up it again. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> My Uncle Jasper's bought a second-hand car. Not another one. Yeah. He's painted the bonnet purple, right? Yeah. The door's blue. The roof green and the boot yellow. Why would he do that? When he has an accident, he likes to hear the witnesses contradict each other. <laughs> He's always having accidents. There's only two types of pedestrians when Uncle Jasper's on the road. The quick and the dead. <laughs> well, that's your Uncle Jasper, a true character if ever there was one. Yeah, the police stopped him in the car one day. The policeman said, you were speeding. My uncle said, so were you, you overtook me. <laughs> well, that's logical. What happened next? Well, then the policeman said, you were doing 90 miles an hour. And Uncle Jasper said, I've only been in the car 20 minutes. <laughs> Even more logical. So, so did they ask to see his driving license? Yes. But when he showed it to the policeman, he said, hey, this is a dog license. And Uncle Jasper said, well, I'm driving a Rover. <laughs> That's Uncle Jasper. A, a character, character if ever, ever there, there was, was one. one. <laughs> Speaking of cars, do you know what would go even better on the night? What's that? The test driving routine we used to do, where I played the examiner. Oh remember? yeah, yeah, I'll dig it out. We can rehearse it tomorrow. Bingo. Once Joe suggested an idea himself, I knew we were on our way. It was always a massive relief when I got Joe on board. After all, it wasn't exactly the palladium that Emily was offering. These were challenging environments. A few days later, after we'd rehearsed, we had our dinner and settled down to watch the snooker on television. And Ronnie O'Sullivan pats the red ball nicely into the top right-hand pocket. Ah. <coughs> Joe, are you all right? He keeps mentioning red balls. <laughs> How can he be so insensitive, Jerry? Pass me one of them tissues. The one where you get the two blows for the price of one. <laughs> I only get one good blow out of that, Jerry. If I was you, I'd take these tissues back to the shop. No, you're winding me up. Well, the fellow's got his own back. Pardon? You want to have a meet-up? 
Yeah, sure, that'd be great. Terrific. That night, I never saw a happier man. He jumped in the air and did a fist pump. Then shouted to the commentator he could mention as many red balls as he liked. I broke open a bottle of champagne I kept for special occasions, and we finished the night with a healthy rendition of Lady in Red. Well, Joe had a lot to talk to Anna about, so we headed off to see her the next day. Well, he did, and I didn't see him until the day after. <laughs> Well, Joe, how did you get on? Oh, it's good news, Jerry. Anna and I are back together again. Listen, that's not just good news. That's great news. Well, it's not great news for the act, Jerry. Well, how do you mean? She wants me to leave show business. What? Yeah, her dad's retiring and he's handing over the plumbing business to her. She wants me to be head salesman, do PR for the company. But I always thought that was the last thing you wanted to do. Yeah, but it wasn't just that. Well? Well, you know, Jerry, Anna has a low opinion of the entertainment profession. She thinks we've always got women running after us. Joe, we're in our 70s. The last groupie that ran after us tripped on our walking stick. <laughs> Look, I can see how upset you are, Jerry, but, well, you know, I haven't had the best of luck with my wives over the years. I desperately want to hang on to Anna. Even if it means splitting the act up again? Yes, I'm afraid so. Well, what about the drive-in comedy show? Is that still going ahead? Oh, yeah, yeah. We rehearsed for that. It's only right that we honour the agreement. Well, will you be moving out now? Oh, no, no. It's only a few days away. It'd be easier for rehearsals if I stay with you. It'll give me time to pack. Okay, I'll go and tell Emily. Jerry? Yes? Thanks for being so understanding. It's whatever makes you happy, Joe. And there we had it, folks. I'd been through the emotional roller coaster of a farewell show six months before, and now it was happening all over again. Emily wasn't too pleased when I told her. After all, she'd put a lot of work in to help reinvent us. However, like me, she respected Joe's decision. She said that both her and her dad, Tommy, would, would be at our last show. The next day at rehearsals, we decided to tell the audience at the drive-in that it would be our last performance. That way, we would be able to thank Emily from the stage personally for all her hard work. Joe even suggested we sing the farewell song we'd especially written for our previous last night at the Clusters on Sea summer season. As he said himself, it was too good a song to sing only the once. Then, before we knew it, the big night was upon us. <laughs> And now, will you welcome on stage two legends of comedy, Fiffin and Faffin. Whoa, Jerry, 40 years in the business. It's our first ever drive-in comedy show. And you know, Joe, this reminds me of the time we did a corporate event for a leading car horn manufacturer. Oh yes, how do we go that night? They didn't give a hoot. <laughs> Nothing like the Pigeon Fanciers Association dinner that we played the night before. Remind me, how did that go? Well, we had the meeting out of our hand. 
And it's certainly a usual, unusual sight, all those people out there sitting in jalopies. Yeah, I hope we don't get a standing ovation. Why not? Well, they jump up and they're going to hit their heads on the roof. <laughs> in that case, we could be driving home in open-top cars. <laughs> Very good. Now tell me, Jerry, how have you been getting on through lockdown? Well, I started off running four miles every day. That must be exhausting. It was by the time I got to Aberdeen. <laughs> how did you manage economically? I was lucky. The Salvation Army came around and I managed to get some clothes from them. Were they in good condition? Well, the dress was a bit tight, but the bonnet fitted me perfectly. <laughs> have, you any, have you any advice for people to, on how to keep social distancing? Yes. What's that? Get bigger shoes. <laughs> good advice, Jerry. You know, looking down at all, those cars remind me, why don't we do the driving test sketch, the one we used to do? That's ah, a good idea. I'm the examiner. And I'm the fella taking the test. Right. Morning, sir. Uh, morning. I'm... Uh... I'm a little bit nervous. I thought so. You're sitting in the back seat. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry, should I move into the front? Well, that would help. Have you looked in the mirror? No, I didn't buy a newspaper. <laughs> Read me the registration of the car in front. J2O. That's a lorry carrying soft drinks. <laughs> now, highway code. What goes Red, green, amber, red, amber. A packet of fruit pastels. <laughs> What's the most frequent sign you'll see on a country road? Pick your own strawberries. <laughs> right, have you got anything behind you? Well, I never was one for saving money. <laughs> oh, just turn on the engine and off you go. You've just gone through a red light. Oh, don't worry. My Uncle Jasper taught me to drive, and he always goes through red lights. <laughs> oh. You've just gone through another red light. Don't worry. My Uncle Jasper does it all the time, and he's a great driver. <laughs> now, what are you doing? The lights are in green, and you're stopped. I know. My Uncle Jasper could be coming the other way. <laughs> well, we come to the end of our spot. And just to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, you're witnessing our last show. Yes, folks. After tonight, Fifth and Fathom go our separate ways. But it has been a blast. Oh. Before we go, we'd like to thank a young lady sitting out there in her car who's worked so hard for us over the last six months. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss... Emily Hunter. And one last thing, folks. When you're driving out of the car park, please be very careful. Because we're walking. <laughs> Take it away, maestro. No more fitting and baffling. It's great to hear you laughing, but now it's sobering out. No more fiffin' and baffin', sure we'll have a good song. But it's time to do some grafting and get a proper job. We're glad we made you grin. 
and brushed away that crime. When you stop bringing them in, it's time to bring the curtain down. No more fiffin' and faffin', soon we'll be on our way. Thanks for all the clappin', tomorrow is a brand new day. We're glad we made you smile and chased away those blues. But when you go out of style, you soon become yesterday's news. No more fippin' and faffin', it's time to catch the last bus. No more fippin' and faffin', yes it's goodbye from both of us. No more fippin' and faffin', yes it's goodbye from both of us. With that finale song, Fiffin and Faffin finished their careers for a second time. Joe and I were silently changing in the porter cabin. We were using that as a dressing room when we heard a knock on the door. Hello, Emily and Tommy. What a show to go out in, boys. My mascara is still running from all those happy tears. Yeah, I've never seen as many motorists crying. You'd think they all got parking tickets. <laughs> Listen, uh, thanks for coming, guys. Oh, well, Emily, uh, I'm sorry about the way things turned out. Oh, you mean with Anna? Listen, you've got to hang on to what you've got. I feel the same way every time I put a tenner in my purse. <laughs> hey, Jerry, why don't we two get together? We could do a couple of nursing homes. Now, that's a good idea. But listen, folks, you'll have to excuse me. Anna's waiting for me outside in the car. Oh, that's no problem, Joe. Give me a virtual hug. Oh, and by the way, before I go, you know I'm going into the wax plumbing business. So if any of you find a drip in your bathroom. <laughs> I've had a drip. I've had a drip in the bathroom for the last three months. It's called Joe Fiffin. <laughs> listening to Fiffin and Faffin the Comeback Kids with Jonathan Young as Joe Fiffin and Jimmy Cricket as Jerry Faffin. The part of Emily Hunter was played by Mandy Stableford and all other parts were played by Colin Meredith. The script was written by Jimmy Cricket and the sound engineer was May Mulgrew. The programme was a Welly Boots Entertainment production.